So I says to the fella, I don't care what you do with the Muppet. You're not doing that in my pickup truck. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Where you find out who is right, who is wrong, and who is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not necessarily in that order. In fact, in exactly the The opposite opposite order. order. Yeah. (laughs) What do we do? How does this work? We watch murder mystery procedural TV shows and guess who done it after a few moments when you know pretty much absolutely nothing. Knowing absolutely nothing will be a theme to this show. (laughs) You will find out. (laughs) And then we finish watching the show and we take score. And and you do our records are bad. Yeah. We keep score, but we really shouldn't because it's pretty you miserable. You know the score. I I can't well, the even. score is it's really just like easy. zero. This, this that's exactly <laughs> it. The score is really easy. It's zero. We neither of us have gotten any right. <laughs> so today, today, what are we, we doing today? Who are we watching? We are watching Prime Suspect. Ooh. With Dame Helen fucking Fucking Mirren. Mirren. Bring it. So excited. (laughs) So this show is set up in series. It's a British show. So TV miniseries, basically. Seven of them. And we've watched the first two series. And we are going to be watching today, what did I say? Series Series six. six. Which premiered in 1991. Oh, no, sorry. The show premiered in 1991. So many typewriters. Oh, my God, everybody. Go back and watch. (laughs) What is it? The pilot episode. So many typewriters everywhere. The second episode or the second series. The second series, they bring in some computers. But that first series is like typewriters everywhere. Yeah. There's seven series over multiple years. And there was a gap in there because Helen Mirren is... Helen fucking Mirren, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be typecast. I need to do other things. Yes. Yes, you do, Helen Mirren. You fly. You fly. <laughs> <laughs> but they brought her back for a couple more. So we are watching series six. Six, yeah. So I am super excited about this because Liam Cunningham is also in this series. I have no idea, but the glint in your eyes is frankly a little dangerous to me. Davos Seaworth from Game of Thrones, <laughs> also known as the Onion Knight, the Onion right? Knight, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we're probably going to see a totally different side of him. I can't wait. I'm very excited. <laughs> That is fantastic. Yeah. I love. Do we have do we have any bit of logline out of this? Did we oh, do yeah. any kind of logline yes. lookup? Yeah. So, well, first of all, the the logline for the whole sure. crime yeah, suspect yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, oh, the, as a seer, as a as I mean as a TV show. Yes, as a okay. TV show, it's a female police detective investigates a series of serial murders while dealing with sexist hostility from her male comrades. So is the basic comrades is this a bolshevik show <laughs> imdb imdb um, you strike again yeah so her her character's name is jane tennyson my college english is <laughs> betraying me i should know all about lord alfred tennyson. lord tennyson <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna have to look that up at the break yes yeah she's later assigned to rotating duties including vice squad gang squad 
and she's promoted to detective superintendent in series four. So since we're doing series six, this is she'll be detective superintendent finally. So that's exciting for her. That's good for her. At the end of season two, she was very upset that she was not promoted to detective superintendent. We're watching series six. All kinds of snake S's here, people. Sorry. Detective Superintendent Jane Tennyson's investigation of the murder of a Bosnian refugee leads her to one or possibly two Serbian war criminals determined to silence the last witness to a massacre a decade later. So the main event of this podcast is that, of course, we try to guess who did it. And it sounds like now it's going to be one of the Bosnian war criminals. So... Okay. In any event, but because prime suspect in the log line, we know that we're going to be spoiled to a certain extent. <laughs> so we came up with a couple prop bets on this. If you don't know what a prop bet is, it's a silly little side bet on a game. So it's something like, okay, the Super Bowl is coming up. How long is the national anthem going to be? Uh, what color will the Gatorade be that gets thrown over the winning coach? All those kind of things are prop bets. Silly little bets that don't actually matter to the game. So we have a couple more prop bets that we are going to guess on before we even watch a second of this show. So first prop bet, who is going to be the, like, who is going to be her love interest who wants more from her than she's willing to give, but she can't give it because she's too career-driven and they're going to be a little whiny and not understand about it all? Okay, so we have to guess this now? Yes, we have to guess this now. Here okay. you go. I think it's going to be a barman. Ooh, bartender. Oh, yeah. Somebody, no, wait, wait, wait. Actually, yes. Is it the bartender or is it somebody like in the bar? I think it's going to be the landlord, the owner of the bar. The owner of the bar. Ooh, that's a good one. That's Because we we do know she has a problem with drinking. We don't know where or how she deals with it, but she definitely has a problem with drinking. Because I was almost thinking the exact opposite. I was almost thinking that she finds somebody in recovery, you know, uh, that she's just that's, like... Well, spoilers, that's season seven. Okay. Series seven. Series seven. Okay, so she... I don't de- know if she meets a guy there, but... she gets but recovery she, in series seven. She gets recovery in series okay, seven. Okay, so she's still drinking in series seven. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for... You didn't have to tell me that. You could have oh, won, you could have won right. this bet, so... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have kept it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got the bar, man. That is really good. The landlord of the bar that she goes to drink at. I can dig it. So let's see. Around this story, Bosnian war crimes. Uh, there might be an international lawyer. There might be a journalist. There might be a rookie cop. Like, I mean, there might be this rookie cop who's just like following her around with like big doe eyes being like, oh, Helen fucking Mirren. She could be dating an actor or a writer like Castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god she's she's dating castle <laughs> crossover <laughs> Show. oh my god i would watch the hell out of that <laughs> nathan fillion trying to be charming with helen mirren and helen mirren just looking daggers at him <laughs> wiping the floor with exactly him. <laughs> right <laughs> okay okay tv gods you have heard us bring us that show <laughs> No, but I do think I'm going to go with a journalist. Oh, I'm okay. absolutely going to go with a journalist. Cool. I think she's going to think she's going to 
fall in love or have some sort of tryst with someone who is like following the case or trying to ex explode it all. And yeah, somebody who's trying to get to the bottom of all, make a big deal out of it. But the conflict is going to be that she's kind of sleeping with him. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So second. the second prop bet about this is that there is always some slimy douchebag man who is trying to stop her ascent. In the first yeah. series, it was one of her underlings who is just like, I'm not going to listen to some lady telling me what to do and doing everything he could to sabotage her. Yeah. And then in the second series, it was this other slimy guy who started spreading rumors that she was sleeping with this other cop and eventually got the position that she wanted. She didn't even get an interview for it. Not cool. Anyways... Yeah. So that was a slimy guy that kind of undercut her that way. So there's definitely going to be some kind of like slimy person inside the force that cuts her down. Who is it going to be? Okay. So we think, so she's going to be on a new squad for this in series. Well, oh, no, no. She's the squad? boss this time. Yeah, she's the boss yeah, this time. So I don't okay. think it's a new squad. I, so this is an international crime that we're investigating. Oh, good point. Right? So I am going to say that maybe it's some sort of like diplomat or something who mm. knows somebody like at the men's club that they go to or, you know, some alumni from some, Eton. Yeah, some government official that is going to be able yeah. like she, like the international person knows some government official and can like press the levers and make sure she doesn't get at too Scotland close to the Scotland Yard or whatever right, the whatever term is. is for the place where she is the boss. That's a good one. That's a good one. Je heard you are on fire oh, tonight. Oh, thanks. I mean, we'll find out. I, I could <laughs> go down in flames as well with that <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> Okay, so who's this slimy guy? I bet. Do I think that it's a superior in the police department, or do I think that it's somebody under her in the police department? So you did you did take a good left turn there. I bet it is some. I bet it is somebody in the police department near her rank. I bet it's somebody in the police department near her rank who starts casting aspersions on how much she drinks. Oh. I bet somebody tries to character assassinate her about her drinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I think. Because I think this it's getting to the point where it might get a little out of hand. Okay. Okay. So in the first series in 91, there were typewriters everywhere. And then in the ser series two, they got computers. So here's what it is, folks. What is the brand new crazy technology they're going to invent? Not invent, but they're going to debut in this in 2003. What was the hot new technology that they're going to be like, oh, now we can do police oh, work yes. with this. I don't think uh, they've brought in any DNA matching. They haven't done any kind of DNA matching. So they, they find lots of hairs, but they never mention anything about DNA matching. So I think that's still fair game. Okay. Is that going to be your guess? Yeah, sure. I'll make DNA. I'll, I'll make DNA identification my guess here on this one, too. So I... Here's I'm going to so give you one. I'm, I'm going to give you one. Oh, you this, are? this is oh, this is thanks. this was one of the things in the first season of C first few seasons of CSI that they really loved was uh trajectories. They oh. did all the things I with I was the just going to say that I was going to say blood spatter, but I was like, "Oh, that's been around forever." Well, no, not, I mean, not that just, was on Perry Mason. Not just blood spatter though. I, I don't even mean blood spatter, but for, for whatever reason, like with CSI trying to make things cool and edgy and everything, that was when they really started to bring in lasers. 
and they would like the, if the if the path of the bullet was like this and they'd set up the laser and they'd put the mist in the air so you could see the laser coming in this way and it went from here and it must have traveled there and like you see if you can find some evidence over there and then oh. but then they follow it back and be like well the shot must have come from over there check out that room so I bet there will be I bet there will be some lasers in this ep- in this episode. I bet there's gonna be lasers. some lasers. Lasers. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Thank you, Austin Powers. There you go. So Okay. So I'll, I'll, take I'll give it. you lasers. There oh, you go. You've thanks. got lasers. I, you're very sweet. Well, you gave me you gave me the whole thing about the recovery wasn't until the next series. So I oh. I, I, owe, I owed you. Ah, thanks. <laughs> All right. So there you go. We don't know we don't know anything about the body. We don't have any guesses on the killer yet, but those are our prop bets. Hold on to them. Because they're meaningless. But hold on to them. <laughs> and we'll be right back with our guesses on the murder. You know, we here at the Grandest Game pride ourselves on just our cluelessness when it comes to our guesses. Like, we are willing to just go right in and take any kind of guesses on this. Yeah. But, you know, I'm afraid on this one, like, there's... We... 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 We watched a little bit longer than technically we should have. Uh, technically, as if there are actual set rules to this. <laughs> Offsides. Uh, but but it's still like, I don't know that we've gotten a real suspect yet. Like Oh, no. Like, so it's one of those things where it's just like we really are, like, like it's set on the tin. It's maybe some Bosnian war criminal and they're just going to have to find a ghost. But before we get to all of that, before we get to the ghosting, the real important thing is, does she have a love interest yet? She does. She does. I yes. will say, though, that the love interest so far seems, and it is the Onion Knight from Game of Thrones. Yeah. The, he does actually seem to be genuinely interested in her and not like, he's not, he's not whinging about. No, he does not. He is not the whingy type for sure. But he definitely has his own thing. His oh yeah, he's got his he's other got a whole life other going life. on. He and is a journalist, so, which is a point for me. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not actually a point, but it's like I did say Could he'd be. be. I did say he'd be a journalist, who is. But but we did. Yeah. But the whole but the whole bet was that it would be somebody who was whingy and wanted more from her that she was ready to give. So who knows? Maybe that's why he left because he just came back into town. He's a journalist, by the way. He's a photojournalist. He just came back into town. He's been documenting atrocities, or at least. Yeah. At least war zones. And he, he he seems sort of surprised to see her and also he does seem a little nervous to see her as oh, well. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> like, What's your what's going on here? What am I getting drawn into? So not not like oh Hey, booty call. Yeah, right. Oh, do you want to talk about something and then have sex? Or sure. Do you, or do you just want to like, get right to the sexing? Yeah, because he, he, he doesn't he, have that yeah. feel at all. I will say this: he he's very calm and composed, knowing that he is Helen fucking Mirren's love interest for this episode. You know, I'm mean? so good on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's smoking, so he's just keeping it. He's all just inside. keeping it real. He's keeping it. Here I go. He's just, you want a drink? You want a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want a drink? Of course I want a drink. Of course I want a drink. <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. So that's what's going on there. Also, the slimy men who are out to get her is, in fact, a superior. And and because it's late, it's a superior who wants her to retire or somehow wants her out of her position. And it's an underling who's definitely a climber. He's definitely a climber. He's definitely looking to improve. And so the two of them are like they play soccer together and they're kind of not in cahoots. They're in cahoots. They're in cahoots. And the older guy's just like, I used to work for her. Now she works for me. Don't worry. She's going to fail at this. You'll get her position. That is clearly the subtext going on there. So it is someone both over and under. 
Although, you know, there is a politician in play, so it might be a slimy politician who's against her being where she is. Yeah, I didn't say politician, though. I said diplomat. So I don't think that I'm going to get points on that. Okay, fair enough. All right. All right. So those are the, those are the first two prop bets. The third prop bet, what kind of uh, technology are they going to do? What kind of like new technology are they going to introduce? Yeah. They haven't really done anything with that no. yet. And I don't know, honestly, if we're going to get there. Because yeah, we may not. Her death is strangulation, right. manual strangulation, and she's been tortured with cigarette butts yeah. twice in her life in the same pattern. Really wretched. So I don't know if we're going to ever... Yeah, we may not get, get anything new. We at may, least no lasers. Yeah. Well, you know, there might be another scene be where DNA. there's lasers. Really? There's, yeah, there might be another scene where somebody gets shot that they need to use lasers. But uh, I have to say, it does not fit into the aesthetic of what we've seen so far. I'm like surprised they haven't said she was raped. Is well, that... they did say that she didn't have her knickers. Yeah, I know. But and but they but just okay, I see what you're saying, but they've like, never been definitively because, and she'd been raped. Got right, it. Yeah, interfered I mean, with, Jessica. Interfered, interfered with, with. Yes. So sorry, everybody yeah, we have to put trigger warnings on all these episodes <laughs> because they keep talking about this stuff. Spoiler warning, trigger warning, pandemic warning, they all apply because they're all wearing KN ninety five masks in this as well. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Oh, you're right. They, they are. are. I told not, you. It's not K95. It's, it's the, just the N95, N95 straight up N95. Yes. Fair enough. Anyways, yes, they they're wearing are. N95 at the, at the inspection uh, They're walking through the hotel underground. Oh, uh, for and, hours, it and, seems like. Yeah, and they come into this guy who's wearing like one of those clear masks. Face masks, face yes. Face masks. And I was like, oh. And actually, I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they turned the corner. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Pandemic trigger warning. <laughs> that was, to- that was, this was 2003. Why was he doing that? Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's no real new technology yet. We'll see what happens there. I bet there's DNA. I mean. There's th- got to be DNA. I mean, it's just, there's got to be DNA eventually. I, I'm just so surprised they didn't talk about the rape. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right, which brings us to it's time for our actual guesses for the actual murderer. And this is going to be a little bit about tea leave reading people because I don't know that we've met. In fact, I would I would I would hazard a guess that we have not actually met the murderer yet. I think the murderer is still out there. We haven't met them. What the plot is essentially dead body is found in the basement of a building that's being converted into luxury flats for migrant immigrant workers and a boss, a foreman discover the body, the four immigrant workers leg it, the boss stays there and gets questioned. Then they later on someone comes forward who worked with the dead person in a hotel. So he's a possible suspect right now he's the last person to see her alive. And there is the dead body's sister, who's around somewhere, came with her over, much younger, came with her over from Eastern Europe. They think it's something to do with the Serbs and Croatia right now. We're not sure what. And the only other person who has been mentioned that we haven't seen in person but has been mentioned is a some sort of politician. I forget the... Uh, yeah. Giblin. Shadow, oh. Shadow Secretary Giblin has been mentioned as because Giblin had put money down, maybe not even put money down, but was under contract. He was going to buy, he was going to buy a flat in this building once it had been renovated into luxury flats. Yeah. And he's super anti-immigrant. Super anti-immigrant. There's a whole lot of shadow and ghost stuff because they say, because an undocumented worker is a, they call themselves ghosts. Yep. 
because their addresses are lies and everything's a lie. They're everything's not, a, li- yeah. a lie about them just so that they can work or go to school or what have you. Yeah. Who killed her? Why did they kill her? How is Giblin involved? I'm going to go right for the obvious. She was a sex worker. She had some dirt on Giblin. Giblin was somehow abusing her, blackmailing her, something, maybe doing rendezvous in the hotel with her in the hotel where she worked. And I think, I think she got killed by somebody from Eastern Europe because they thought that she knew more or she was telling, she was somehow not informing on them, but someone was concerned that she knew more and she was talking to the government. Killer thought that the dead person knew more than the killer was comfortable with the dead person knowing and that the killer was somehow leaking this to someone high in the British government in order to get them prosecuted or deported or do some kind Mm -hmm. of like damage to them. So I think that's how Giblin gets involved in this. I don't think Giblin was behind it, but I do think he's going to be caught up in it in a very rather sordid kind of way. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say it is. It's we'll call our killer Luca. We'll just call our killer Luca. And I think Luca did it because he was concerned with how much or... Or, you know, it could be the younger sister. The younger sister's been radicalized because they did make they did make a big deal out of the fact that there was this woman, the journalist, the journalist love interest had a photo of a woman holding a gun who was a really great sniper. Yeah. So these people who get to do anything, it could just be that they were there. So it could be, it could be the younger sister involved somehow, or maybe the younger sister goes out for revenge even. But no, I'm going to stick with Luca. I'm going to stick with my... Uh, Bosnian, Serbian, Eastern European paramilitary guy who thinks that she knows too much and is talking to the government. That's that's my guess. Locking it in. There we go. What have you got? So I don't think the sister had anything to do with it. Oh, well, that's not true. I think the sister did have something to do with it, but she definitely was not the murderer. But she probably suspects who did it. And knows exactly who did it Mm, and is definitely not going to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be a dead end and scary, probably. And probably the guy that she's hanging out with that they have suggested, he probably... I wonder if he knows something. He's linked to cigarette sales. They said that that he was into some shady business and oh, like, yeah. they call it cigarette sales. I don't know if that's like a euphemism for weed, mm. but I don't, I doubt it. Cigarettes well, are cigarettes. Who knows? So she's going to try to quit cigarettes and then she's going to be surrounded by cigarettes. <laughs> she, she in happen. this case, being Helen Mer- Mary, yeah, Jane, Jane Tennyson, who's trying to quit cigarettes because she's already lied about not smoking. So I definitely think it is a Serb who thinks that she knows something. She's a Bosnian Muslim, and the Serb is threatening her. I don't know the politics. I don't believe that she's a prostitute. My guess is how does it pull in the journalist? And I'm going to say that it is exactly like the Waking the Dead storyline he's going he's, yeah someone somewhere and somewhere did a little bit of little bit of copying plagiarism going on here yeah well maybe it's actually a true thing that's 
that oh right yeah maybe it's a rip from the headlines kind of story exactly rip from the headlines exactly i was also thinking of uh the years where everybody was doing an oj yeah uh, script my guess is what's happened here is that he actually knows exactly what happened in this massacre and she knows too she knew she's dead now right and she was never going to spill it but when she came into contact with him, when he came back into mm-hmm. town, everybody thought, oh, she's going to tell oh, the journalist. Gonna, so that was the trigger she, for her to be murdered. Okay. Yeah. And then because he he would have known or he knew and he could have spilled the beans or whatever. And so he is scared because he knows what he knows. And he knows there are other people ready to kill other people. About what he knows. About what he knows. And he could be, it could be his career or he could be dead. Okay. So you he think it's advising so to the journal? different <laughs> in Game of Thrones. He really does. I almost want to say, like, it's good he got old. Like, he, he, he kind of looks like any, any guy. At this age. Yeah, he's very everyman, but he gets a little more distinguished. But, think about, but if you think about like, it, like Game of Thrones, this was 2003. Game of Thrones started what? 2010. When? 2010. So that's only seven years. years. I'm wondering which one dyed his hair. Like, I'm wondering if they dyed his hair for this one to, to get rid of some of the gray, or they, like, aged him up. His face looks bigger, fuller. His whole body is yeah. more, like solid this, and like old guy so this what we're what we're saying is that this episode this series of prime suspect really like made him flush so he was able to really just kind of like relax into his into his old manhood for the next few years and just be I, like nope yeah. I, I papa can eat this year yeah he definitely looks like a starving actor in this and he's walking around in his bare feet yes. looking like a young man i'm pissed i didn't choose him for <laughs> oh yeah i i even called journalist i, I mean, did that, that's... and i didn't pick him i feel like no i should have gone for it okay all right there you go well that's it those are our guesses we're locking it in we're gonna watch the rest of these we'll be back in a minute <laughs> And we're back. Oh my gosh, people. So many things happen in two episodes. There are so many. I mean, this is the great thing about murder mysteries and mystery shows in general. Red herrings, man. They're delicious. Just give me more. Just give me all the red herrings. I'll slather them on toast. Give me some butter, some sardines, some red herrings. Just hand them over. I'll take them. They're great. (laughs) (laughs) So who was right? Who was wrong? Who was dead? Well, there was one more person had to die in this episode. Our original body was a lady named Samira, a Bosnian refugee. She had a sister, a sister named Yasmina. Um, and she died at the end of episode one. She was killed by the main suspect. Do you know what? I'm telling you this. I may as well just tell you how it goes. Okay, so there's the first body that we find. 
Great. What do they do? They start rounding up the suspects. Suspect number one is a Serbian security guard who had access to the location where the body was found. His name is Zigic. They bring him in. They get him a lawyer who works at the Serbian community center that he frequents, and they bring in an interpreter in case there's any language difficulties. And the interpreter was recommended by the lawyer. He is this incredibly smiley little slimy guy named Lukic. So they have him. Zigic gives uh, alibi. The alibi checks out. They have to let him go. They don't know what to do. They're confused. Samira is the woman who died. They find out where she lived. They go to that apartment and they search in the apartment. No one seems to be there. But then they find her sister hidden in the floorboards, like full grown woman hidden in the floorboards. And when she like peeks out after everybody's, when she thinks everybody's gone with this knife, and clearly this is a traumatized lady. And what you find out is that when they were sisters, when they were younger, as a woman who's still alive, she was only 10. The older sister at that point was 20. They were caught up in the crossfire in the Serbian conflict, and they were used as sex slaves. They were taken and abused and tortured and raped, and they were supposed to have been killed. The paramilitary war commander who was abusing them and raping them told this security guard, Zigic, to kill them. But Zigic couldn't. He wasn't actually a killer yet. So he pretended to shoot them and told them to pretend like they were dead and then at night run away, which they did. And they fled to Britain where they would be safe. But they were wrong. They weren't safe. And so now Tennyson is more determined than ever to keep the remaining sister Yasmina alive. And she's going to find out who does this. So they bring Zigic back in for questioning because they find out that his alibi fell apart, but they still can't pin anything on him. They find out that the interpreter is also an optometrist, and they get really hinky about who this guy is. Before they can arrest Zigic, he escapes, and they put on a manhunt for him, but they can't find him, and he manages to make it to the hospital where Jasmina works, and the end of episode one, he kills her, and it's all on CTV. They're in the hospital trying to find her before he can find her. It is really, it is a gripping sequence. It's a, it was, they did yeah. a great job with mm-hmm. it. So that's episode one. Episode two, Tennyson disobeys a direct order and decides to go to Bosnia. She's now convinced that the optometrist Lukic is behind this all, but she can't find any information on him. So she and her boyfriend, who, remember, is the Bosnian photojournalist, or I mean, he's an English photojournalist who was in Bosnia during the atrocities, go to Bosnia to try to find out more information on him. And what they find out is that Lukic is not Lukic. He's actually a guy named Dragonia something or other. So Lukic was this guy studying to be an ophthalmologist and wrote horrible poetry. But the man we now know as Lukic was Dragonia, who was a horrible student and did join the paramilitary and would go off on weekends to hunt and kill Muslims. So Tennyson is more convinced than ever that he is the bad guy. They go back to England and she is promptly called to the carpet at Scotland Yard, where she learns from a person with no name from the highest reaches of the government that the man known as Lukic. They know that he is not actually Lukic, but that is the identity that they have given him because it matches up because they went to school together. Um, Lukic is feeding them information on other war criminals. So they're happy to be working with Lukic to get all these war criminals, which is a little uh, little pissy to Tennyson. She's like, what, what, why are you doing this? That actually, though, that gets uh, big points to Jessica. Actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. That's big points for me. That's right. Me. <laughs> I'm the one who said that I, I even named my suspect Luca. Luca Lukic. I I mean, I don't know where this is coming from. So but I said that the they some the person who did it was in the paramilitary and killed her because she thought she knew too much and was talking to the government. Mm-hmm. I had it backwards. 
Mm-hmm. The killer was talking to the government. Anyways, so Tennyson, of course, has been told to step down. But we know this is Helen fucking Mirren. Does mm-hmm. she step down? Mm-mm-mm. No. No, she doesn't step down. She goes after him and tries to question him some more. And she tries to get his wife involved and plays them off each other in this cross-cutting questioning sequence. And she's ratted out. She's ratted out by one of her underlings that this is going on. And her superior comes in and is just like, what are you doing? You were told not to do this. And she's like, oh, I could have had him. And But he's like, this is it. You're off the case. He tries to get Finch on the case. And Finch is like, Finch wants nothing to do with this at this point. He's like, I don't know. I'm really busy with the River Disco murder that you've got me on, which... <laughs> Let's just let's just pause a moment for the brilliance and the the tragedy of the lost prime suspect episode of the, the River, River Disco, Disco Killer. Killer yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, if they're if you're gonna reboot it, I think you need to reboot it for that. Please let me see that episode. Anyways, she's off the case. Tennyson asks her boyfriend, the photojournalist. Who, by the way, I said they wouldn't have a sex scene. They didn't have a sex scene in Bosnia. There was no sex scene, but there was definitely... Oh, they it definitely, was post-coital. It was, but that's what I'm saying. It was post-coital. It was them lying in bed together. So they totally... Like, they did have sex, but they, they we didn't have the sexy scene. Yeah. You know okay, what I mean? That, sure. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But there was, there was this great shot of, like, Helen Mirren lying... I'm sorry. There's this great shot of Helen fucking Mirren lying <laughs> in bed, like, looking worried and pensive. And you think it's about the case and then the camera kind of like pans over and her boyfriend's next to her. So now you're not sure. Is it the case? It's what have I done with this? Anyways. Anyways, she asks him to go to Yasmina and, oh dear, I'm sorry. I forget. Samira. Yasmina and Samira's funeral because as a woman, she is not able to go. So he agrees to go there and represent her. While he's there, you don't see this part, but while he's there, he tells the crew everything they know about Lukic and how he did it. So thugs come and kidnap him from his ophthalmologist shop and try to kidnap him out Bosnian of the country. Thugs Bosnian thugs come, come and, and Bosnian Muslim Bosnian thugs. Muslim thugs uh, come to because they want to have some justice. They want to have some justice. That it. is absolutely right. They're going to ship him back to Bosnia and have him tried as a or just plain murder him. It's not. It's not. It's not very sure what clear. Their plans are, but it's not going to be justice in the UK for the two it women is, in the UK. Right. It's not going to be justice. It is more just violence begetting violence and an eye for an eye, which is everything that uh, Tennyson is opposed to. And she goes and she confronts her boyfriend about this. And her boyfriend is absolutely unapologetic. Absolutely unapologetic. He's like, yes, I knew exactly what I was doing. I wanted some justice. I knew this goes against everything you stand for. I did it anyway. It's like, damn, you want to wreck a relationship? There you go. It's like, I know this goes against everything you believe in. I did it anyway. Kaboom! I so it's so funny. I don't remember him saying that. Oh, I yeah. I remember him saying he asked me pointed questions. Yes. I stood there and I said, "I'm here to represent," and he just started asking me pointed questions. Well, I of course I was going to answer them. Yes, and he it was, but seemed fair. He should know. He should know, and he and the and boyfriend not, and there's not going to be any justice. That is exactly it. The boyfriend, him, the boyfriend. It's like you're like not what's only what's he going to get. That's exactly it. This is why it's such a great double-handed slap. Because a not only did the boyfriend go against everything Tennyson believes in like no this is not how like justice works he's also calling her incompetent because he's just like you failed I went ahead and took matters into my own hands it's like dude there's 30 minutes left in this episode you are selling Tennyson way too short yes 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 you're right just to the reason why he's saying it it, I mean you're saying she's that he's saying that Tennyson is incompetent 
but not really incompetent, but not going ineffectual. She will not be get the justice that she needs. Because it seems like she is going to be ineffectual at this moment. Because she is up against the Secret Service. Yeah. Who have said, we are identical. Because of Lukic, we don't care what he did. He is identifying and becoming a traitor on all these other Serbian war criminals. And so we, as as a UK, as a looking for justice, you know, we kind of don't care about these two girls. We care about larger bigger massacres, fish bigger fish, people who are mass murderers. I mean, Lukic is a mass murderer. They don't believe it that for some reason. They don't know it. But they're less concerned with that. They're, the, they're, at that moment, they are less concerned with the two because girls. Because they can get, yeah, less concerned with the two girls and less concerned with him being a mass murderer, which they don't quite believe yet, but because he can give them these other things. Yes. Yeah. And that's important because Tennyson is just like, screw this. I'm going to get this guy by hook or crook. So she goes. So they, yes. they so have... that's, and that is, it's interesting because that's a turning point where she's like, I can do this. Yeah. If, if he, even if he, it, it, the stakes are so high at that point because he's, he's told her you, you can't do this because they, I mean, the, the government, the secret service, like not even just the Secret I mean, Service, you think, you're, you're talking about international. The UK is part of the European Union at this point. So they are working on behalf of international justice for these atrocities yeah. that happened. It's kind of a little bit of a moral pickle, a little bit. It's a little bit of a moral because, pickle, yeah. yes, there are thousands of other people that are dead and history could be giving them justice by the people that he's naming as as criminal, as Serbian war criminals and helping to find them. And she gives a great speech. And I was like, oh, wow, awesome. These two women came to England thinking that they would be able to live in peace because it was a fair country where people could be fair and they would get fair justice. And here they are dead. They were not protected. And they did not get justice in the UK. And so she's like, fuck all that other crap. I care about these two, the justice for these two girls. And she goes to visit her father at that point. And her father is just like, you know what's right. Do what's right. Don't ever stop doing what's right. And he tells an interesting story about having been an ambulance driver in Germany at, at the end of World War II, just at the liberation and having gone to... Bergen-Belsen and not knowing what a concentration camp was they didn't know that the things even existed and coming across these bodies and how he came back to the UK and was like I don't want anything to do with evil atrocities I don't want anything making things right yeah I just want my I just want a peaceful life just want a peaceful life and I keep my nose out of anything and she was 100% opposite you know baby boomer like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to stick up for what's right. And yeah, so he reminds her, no, you know what's right. I always admired you that you wanted to do this and you wanted to fight for it. And I thought that was really, that was really cool. And- it was an effective, it was an effective scene. And that was a good monologue. It was a good scene. And it was clearly effective. And I mean, Helen Mirren did some great, re- I'm sorry, Helen fucking Mirren did some great reactions to that as well. Yeah. So anyways, so she takes this information that Lukic is turning state's evidence and turning over all of these other Serbians because loyalty has been a big deal among the Serb community this entire time. Like they're never going to rat each other out there. They're loyal to each other. The Serbs above all, unity for Serbia and all that stuff. So she takes this information that Lukic 
is not being loyal and takes that back to Zigich. Yeah, and finally because Zigich has been found. Zigich has been found and, and he he's in jail, in and, jail and he and he's confessed he, to both murders. Yes. He said he did both murders and he's protecting Lukich. And she's like, why are you protecting this man? What, you're being loyal to this man who has asked you to be a murderer, something you never were. But this man asked you to be a lo- murderer. You are loyal to him and he is not loyal to you at all. So at that point, Zigich turns and leads them to the body of the real Lukich and essentially turns evidence against Luke, uh, Dragonia for this murder. And they go get him. They get him just in time because the lady from the State Department or whatever the State Department is there is just about to spirit him out of the country and give him another hiding place. But they get there just before, just before they take him away. He's very upset. He threatens to kill one of his kids to get out of it. And literally, it's the, she turns to the lady at the State Department and be like, are you going get to get me out of this? And she just like says nothing, bows her head, and walks out without saying a word to anybody. It's, I don't know. I thought that was just a great little moment. But Tennyson got her criminal. And there you go. So that that is it. So... Do we get any points? How do the po- how do the points work on this? Who well, who do we get any points? Like you got the points. You get all the points, right? I don't know. I mean, I because like, I thought it was the journalist. I yeah, thought it you was definitely William thought Cunningham, it was a journalist, and it totally was not. I mean, don't get me wrong. The journalist still, whew, the journalist managed to inflict some pain on yes. it. Like, I mean, that was. I mean, we had the the whole prop bet to begin with. Like, who's going to be her whinging, her whinging love interest this time? This this love interest was not whinging at all. Like no, he no. like he was just like, hey, I like you. Hey, I want to be with you. I understand, like, he knew exactly who she was. Like, there was none of this, like, oh, you don't make me a good supper because you're bit too busy with your job. Or, oh, you're, like, my superior. Why do you want me to, like, why can't I be with you? Why do you have to keep this a secret? Like, no, 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 no. He knows exactly who she is. And in the end, he doesn't care. The only way he was ever going to have any kind of peace, to have a life with some way forward, was to feel that justice had been done. And what Kasim and his friends are doing to Yankovic right now, you call that justice? Yes, Kasim doesn't have murder in him. And what about the other men? What you've set into motion goes against everything I believe in, everything I stand for. I know. I, and uh, I like that scene. It was just like, oh, oh, what a! Gr- <laughs> I mean, that's just a knife to the heart. It's us. Uh, like, boom, grenade. Anyways, so so yes, you do not. You I. I'm sorry, you don't get any points. I know. <laughs> I, I, I did say that the killer thought that the dead person was leaking info to the government. I even named it Luca as opposed to Lukic. Which, Crazy. So, yeah, you know what? You know what? I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this point. I thank, thank you, Heard. I'm going to take this point. I think I, I, think I got yeah. it. I, I will say I also thought the shadow government, like the shadow secretary, Giblin or whoever they thought, I thought he was going to be involved yes, somehow. Yes, so that was completely false. No. That, that I don't get that any guy points never for that. Came back. Yeah, it never we came never back. Saw him again. Yeah, the, I mean the government was involved, but not him at all. So, but no, you know what? I'll take the point. I'll take the point. There we go. Yeah. So, and the prop bets we already discussed. The prop bets. Um, I will. We we talked about Finch a little bit. You know what? I I hope I hope Finch did manage to close the case on the River Dis- River, River Disco, Disco. killer. <laughs> I want like that's I think that's my fan fiction for this episode is Finch closing in on the river disco killer and like being like you know what you know what I need to up my game a little bit more I need to have because I'm 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 good at this detecting business but like I need to I need to find a deeper moral compass as opposed to just social climbing on this Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's learned his I think he's learned a lesson from Tennyson here that's my fan fiction that was that was the episode one point for Jacob 
nil for Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I feel like I should get like a half a point just for putting Liam Neeson on the on the frying pan. <laughs> or not Liam Neeson, sorry. Oh my god, Liam Cunningham. <laughs> what? I so no you lost me with the frying pan bit. Oh uh, I I don't know what the term in the hot seat? I don't know. Hot like, seat. I yeah. was saying that he was the, the murderer. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you think you should get a half a point for that or should we should dock you a half a point for that? You just No, you... I, I, I I was I'm totally joking, Jacob. I know in all fairness in these <laughs> rules I get no points. I understand. I'm just I'm not... joking. You can but cut no, this all out. No, 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 no. I'm just, I, well, I'm, I'm with you on the joke. I'm with you on the joke. I'm just saying, but like if, like if we're going to like talk about I, points here, why I'm you... just saying I love Liam Cunningham. He's I know so you do. He's so wonderful in, in Game of Thrones. And he has such a lovely personality that I would even deign to say, I bet he's the murderer. Oh, so you think, so you think you deserve a half a point for just being so ballsy to begin with. Yes. I got you. Okay. You're just like, you know what? I was able to look past the man that I love. And just decide that I sh- I should finger him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay. But I I can see that. Good job. Good job putting the put putting the game ahead of your personal feelings. I appreciate that. That is a level of integrity we see and appreciate here at whatever the name of this podcast is. <laughs> It is time. It is time for a deep dive into IMDb. Jessica, Jessica, tell us what you got on IMDb. Oh my gosh. I okay, if if Wikipedia is to be believed, which <laughs> maybe it shouldn't always be. This is what Wikipedia is saying today about these actors and these creative team members. Some interesting stuff. Helen fucking Mirren, as we're calling her. Yes. As Dame- is her right. As is her right. <laughs> Dame Helen Lydia Mirren is, uh, as we know, an English actor. She joined the National Youth Theatre, which is a really big deal in the UK. It's mm-hmm. a big, big sort of training ground for actors at the RSC. And she was, indeed, she did Antony Cleopatra and was basically handpicked. She was playing Cleopatra. <laughs> but she was handpicked to join the RSC from there. So really fantastic. She is the daughter of former Russian aristocracy. Wow. Her grandfather... Um, wow. was aristocracy in Russia and he had been doing an arms deal in Britain when the Russian Revolution happened and so he and his family were stranded in England and just decided to yeah, stay. Nope, nope, we're staying. This is it. <laughs> we'll we're good. We'll be here. Oh, yeah, maybe. This seems like a better place for us to be. Thank yes. you. Please and thank you. So he and his son became cab drivers and his son married a woman in England and had Helen and her siblings. I'm sorry. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting about her. They also made this little comment on Wikipedia that her family were anti-monarchists. And I was like, that's really interesting. It's also interesting that she it's that she supposedly, if this is true, was their family was anti-monarchist because she is the only person to have played both Queen Elizabeths <laughs> on screen i don't Both know that queen. that can't no, be true. true it's quoted in many sources on the internet 
that she has played both Queen Elizabeth the first and the second. All right. She is the only person to have gotten the triple crowns of acting in both the UK and America. And in America, the Triple Crown is a Tony, an Emmy, and an Academy Award. Yeah. In the UK, it's a BAFTA for TV, BAFTA for film, and an Olivier on stage. And she, she's the only person in the world to have gotten all six. Helen fucking Mirren, yeah. people. Helen fucking Mirren. So very, incredibly interesting. She lived with Liam Neeson ah. uh, in the 80s. And he credits her with helping him get his first agent. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Just that, like, if that was... She knew that... he had a special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't top that. Go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was... How long have you been sitting on that? That is genius. I just came up with it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's married to Taylor Hackford, who, okay, Taylor Hackford is a director. He was a head of the, he's an American, head of the Directors Guild of America for a while. He's known for the movie called White Knights, which oh is. Oh my gosh, Lionel Richie and Minute Kelper Such a great film. He directed that. Oh my God, that is phenomenal. <laughs> oh my, what's the, what is the, what is the Lionel Richie song? It's not that? Lionel Richie. He sings, Lionel Richie sings a song, but it's Gregory Hines. Yes. Yes, and, you're right. It's Gregory uh, Hines and Mikhail Burstenkopf. Yeah. Lionel Richie sings a song. I think it's Say You, Say Me. Well, okay. Here's an interesting thing. Sure. He directed the uh, video for Say You, Say Me. <laughs> I love it. And he also directed the video for Phil Collins, Against All Odds, or, or, odds, or Take a Look at Me Now. Yeah, so, which, like, which is a, another 80s film, Against yeah, All Odds. Yeah, he yes. has a crazy resume. That's fantastic. So fantastic, yeah. So they've been married for uh, since 1997. She is now American. She uh, got her citizenship in 2017, and she voted in this last election. Last crazy tidbit, if it's true. It is true. It seems like it is true. It's. It, it seems like it's true. She is an honored naturist. She loves being naked oh. with people uh. of all colors and races and ages. She just thinks it's the most wonderful thing. And British Naturist magazine or society has honored her as one of oh the best God. naturists or whatever. <laughs> And she has an autobiography, which I totally want to read, called In the Frame, My Life in Words and Pictures. And apparently it's very good. It's not just a celebrity fluff. Ladies and gentlemen, Helen fucking Mirren. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is some... That is some... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. We talked a little bit about Liam Cunningham. Great guy. Played Onion Knight, the Davos Seaworth in Game of Thrones. He's an Irish actor. He was an electrician in the 1980s and then decided to pursue acting. And like everybody, worked at the Royal Shakespeare Company. And his debut role was in 1992. Okay, I want to talk just a second about Linda LaPlante. She is an actor-writer. Who did she play? She is the creator of the Prime Suspect series. Got it. Okay, so Linda LaPlante. But she left the series. Everybody thought it was over after number three Mm -hmm. and then Helen Mirren came back for four and five and then everybody thought it was really over because that was in the 90s right and that was when she quit for a while because she didn't want to be typecast yeah she quit exactly but she came back to do this one and then series seven 
So there, and there was quite a gap. So I just wanted to shout out Linda Plant. She's a very distinguished novelist. She had a bunch of novels in the 90s that she wrote, international bestsellers. But she wrote this script called Widows in 1983. And it has since been remade twice. Wow. (laughs) So once in 2002, starring Mercedes Rule and Brooke Shields. And again in 2018 with Viola Davis and Michelle Rodriguez. And the plot is about two widows of four armed robbers carrying out a heist that was planned by their deceased husbands. She's a badass. She has an incredible resume, acting and writing uh, screenplays and creating series, TV series and novels. She's, I don't know how she has time to do all of it. Her (laughs) resume is incredible. Okay. But now I want to talk about director of the episode. Oh, no. (laughs) Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. Oh, my God. Okay. That you you could only see the glee on her face right now. It like this. It's even more gleeful than when she dropped the bomb that Helen Mirren was Russian aristocracy. Yeah. Like this is. <laughs> I don't know what's coming, but like I am wearing my extra pants. I may have mentioned this earlier. He is an origin story. He was twelve when he first started directing and decided that he wanted to be a director, and he had many awards as he was coming up. But his job directing Prime Suspect was actually a big kickoff point for him. And he was not going to do it. He was ba- he was basically convinced to do it by the producer. The producer was like, I, I understand. You don't want to do it. He was like, it's tired. It's a tired series. It's done. And the producer was like, no, please. just I'm going to introduce you to Helen Mirren. And Helen Mirren convinced him to do it by telling him he could do whatever he wanted with it. And he was like, hmm, okay. And he did, he he made it, and then he directed her in Elizabeth I, but that led to him also directing Longford for HBO. And then that led him to be picked by Tom Hanks and the Playtone people, Rita Wilson, to do John Adams. And he was awarded for that and everybody very recognized. And then in the middle of all of that, he gets the Academy Award for direct, and many awards, like every fucking English language award you could think of, for directing King's Speech. Oh. And and he has this really, you know, cute story that's like repeated everywhere about how his mother, because his mother's Australian, called him up and she had gone to the theater with her friends in Australia and was like, you must direct this film. The play is so good. And he was like, yeah, whatever, mom. And she was like, no. And he was like, you're just out with your theater ladies, whatever. And she's like, you must. And so finally he read the script and he was like, oh, this is actually good. And because he's British and Australian, it, it was very close to his heart because that's it's the story of an Australian, you know, working with the crown. And so he gets Les Miserables and he directs that. And everyone's like, oh, maybe not so much Tom (laughs) Hooper. (laughs) And then he directed Frozen Cats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's Tom Hooper? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tom, we hardly knew ye. So he has recently directed two episodes of His Dark Materials, and I, I hope he bounces back. I'm sure he I'm will. I'm sure he will. But that... Uh, ooh, that one's going to sting a little. Val- That's going to sting a little. He got a big Raspberry Award for yeah. that. We should talk about some of the other actors real quick. Milan Lukic is actually a Russian actor. He oh. is not Serbian or Bosnian. 
He's an artistic director in Russia and has, he's, he's done a good amount of films in Russian and English. He came to the UK and did some stuff at the Globe Theatre in the 90s. The guy who plays Duskan or Dushan Zigish, he is actually from Bosnia. He, he was living in Sarajevo during the siege. Oof. He's in a ton of movies, but he's always playing the goon or a bad guy in his He's got a good, he's got a good I yeah. mean he's got a good goon air. He has a good goon presence. I get that sure. Yeah, he just seems he they ride right. that man. This is my type. I'm a goon. You're hired goon number 2? Yeah, great. Come on over here. His mother complains. <laughs> She's like you're always playing bad guys. We talked a little bit a bit about Phoebe Nichols. She is most in my mind most famous for playing in Downton Abbey. She played Susan McClare, the marchioness of Flintshire. She's the Scottish aristocracy woman who's a cold and terrible mother to Rose. And that's why Rose has to go to Downton Abbey. And lastly, I wanted to mention the climber Ben Miles, who plays DCI Simon Finch. He is probably most known to American audiences for his work on The Crown, where he played Peter Townsend, who is Princess Margaret's first love affair. He plays a married man. He stands around and looks very uncomfortable for the whole first. He's season. good at looking uncomfortable. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, no, Super he's, he's good. definitely looks definitely be good at looking uncomfortable. His chin does a lot of work. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. It's good chin acting there. Yeah. He was also also in the Foresight Saga and Ninja Assassin. That and is no. Coupling. No, I don't. He's in the crown. Yeah. He's we'll in Prime crown. Suspect. Oh yeah. Also Ninja Assassin. <laughs> Yeah, and V for Vendetta. That's well, V for Vendetta I even get, but Ninja Assassin. Assassin. It's like number two on his resume. You know, on IMDb, they're like, everybody would know him for this. Well, that's that's great. I may everyone may everyone have a Ninja Assassin in their resume. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so that's what we've got for everything on the Prime Suspect. Thoroughly enjoyable, love it to death. Helen fucking Mirren, amazing as always. So is everybody else. Dame. Sorry. Oh, jeez. Oh, I <laughs> beg your forgiveness, Dame Helen fucking Mirren. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, up next, we got Lucifer coming back to the States for a red hot episode of uh, Lucifer. Yeah, we'll figure that all out and uh, we'll get some uh, metaphysical killers next time. See you then. See you then. everybody thanks for listening we really appreciate it and now we want to hear from you tell us your guesses your scores your insider info your favorite logic cop catches and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next follow us and join the fun on twitter and facebook at clue done it or on instagram at clue done it podcast rate us and review us on apple podcasts to help get the word out because watching tv is always better with friends that's all i got I don't know why my nose is full of snot. I don't know why sometimes <laughs> I need Kleenex. Do, 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 do. Need no, I don't. I'm actually good. <laughs>